Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. Hi, I'm Rashid. And this week we've watched The Muse. And now we're going to argue about whether it's going to make us quit Star Trek. Um, I detest this episode. I just want to know, <laughs> I want to know where child safeguarding services are on oh, DS9. Oh, God. Yeah. This was so uncomfortable to watch. Oh my God, watch it again. Again, I was cringing more or less the whole episode. It's, like, it's so cringeworthy in this episode, my goodness. It's like a double level of cringe. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh God, oh God, grooming. And then, oh, we're having a green card marriage now, I see. <laughs> it's like, it's just, there's just a lot going on. Oh. And the plots are like two to completely end because you know you have the godmother of Star Trek in Majel Barrett Roddenberry, and then you have Jake Sisko being groomed. Oh, oh it's just... honestly horrifying. And and she's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's pregnant as well. As well. <laughs> Why is she pregnant? It's sort of a disjointed opener. That we get all that information in the like first five seconds before the theme. I know you George just drops what. And I'm pregnant. What? what? You're pregnant? <laughs> I can't. It's, just, it's another one of those episodes where, like, if this was, you know, if it was the 90s and you turn the TV on and this is your first experience of Star Trek, you just be like, <laughs> oh what? my God, what is this? <laughs> how, how did you start, Rashid? Was it this terrifying or did you come from a more sensitive <sighs> place? Oh, gosh. Um, it was, well, it was back at school. Um, one of my good friends, Michelle, she said to me, like, watch his videos when he go home. She gave me lots of VHS tapes to take home to watch. I had no idea what, what was on them. She just said, take home and watch it. So I put the, the video cassette into the video recorder <clears throat> and TNG came on, Next Generation. <clears throat> and it was the episode called First Contact. Remember, remember it so well. It's where Riker gets beaten up. He, he goes in disguise to a planet. Yeah. And he gets beaten up pretty badly. And it's just the way they do First Contact with other with other. Um, you know, planets, you know, like they're, they're blending with the, with the society, first of all, get to know them a bit before initiating, initiating first contact. And that's how I got into starting watching TNG. I remember staying up all night watching. I was so mesmerized, hooked on it. I was like, wow, one after another, one after another. I was up all night watching it, and a Trekkie was born that night. Excellent. It was incredible. It was incredible. Iconic it's, day. I mean, First Contact <laughs> is a really good episode. Oh, superb. It's a wonderful episode. Were there ones in those VHS tapes where you were like, okay, what is this? Why did you send me this? <laughs> no, all of them were quite good, actually. All of them were, they were like in random order. They're like recorded from TVs. There wasn't oh, any, course, any secrets. Yeah. It's all mixed up, you know? So I think she gave me some good episodes on that tape to watch, really. So I, I didn't really <laughs> have any bad... Obviously, until I watched it again, there were some iffy ones, like, later on, but... The first experience was brilliant. I just kept watching one after the other, one after the other. And I had school the next day, but I didn't care. I just couldn't stop watching. And uh, it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. That's a great way to start. <laughs> that is a wonderful way. That might be my favourite way to start watching Star Trek. Oh, thank you, John. It's, I, just, it's just very wholesome. Just like, you know, it's the put the tape in and just <laughs> all night. Yeah, that's, I like that. I'll never look back. I'll never look back. So I've watched everything after that. I watched the DS9, watched everything after the TNG. I haven't watched anything before TNG. I've watched the original series. I've watched the, TNG, the original movies. I've, just everything after TNG I watched and I love it. I, I absolutely love Star Trek. When, how can we introduce you to TOS Spock? <laughs> That's the only part that I'm sad about that you haven't seen TOS. 
Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I know all about Spock, obviously, he's iconic. You know, Leonard Nimoy, who, who, any track he would know, him, whether he watched it or not. I need you to become best friends with him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'd love to. He's just, even I feel a feeling towards him, even though I've never watched the series, he just kind of feel this feeling towards him. Like, he's just so iconic, so special. Yeah. And he wants to, I want to meet the actor Leonard Nimoy. He had so many good things about him, other fellow, fellow Trekkie tells me. And he's just so iconic, and the way he, um, everyone just sees him, they have so much affection towards him. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Right. <laughs> and obviously, I saw him on the movies, obviously, that Kelvin moves when he comes on and meets the the, 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 the other Spock, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, and obviously, he was in TNG episodes as well, in Unification, he was in TNG episodes yeah. as well. And um, just his the way he speaks, the, his mannerisms, it's like, he's a brilliant Vulcan, absolutely brilliant Vulcan, an iconic Vulcan, and and even though I've never watched TNG, he's still, he's still, I have, I really care about him. I really, I have feelings towards the guy. I can't help it. <laughs> you can't help but love him. Anymore. You can't. He's like, he's, he's, a, he's, he's very special. So, yeah. God, it's, you know, it's great that Star Trek can just, it can pull you in and it can get you involved. It can make it part of you in so quickly. Absolutely. But it also does this. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, you know. Yes. Oh dear, oh dear. So, think, so it's not the other spectrum altogether. Like there's Star Trek, and and this is like some something else completely. If I'm if I, the way I say it, and because it's DS Nine, I'm like extra disappointed in them. Oh like TNT can let me down, and I'm like okay. Yeah. But DS Nine is a personal affront. They... I feel the same way, Olivia. DS Nine is deeply special to me. It's my favorite Trek. I love DS Nine so much. It's it's very 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 special to me, and I, and. I would, it's just that, that, that episode really made me uncomfortable watching. And it's, just... and it's a pattern though, because it's like there's <laughs> other episodes where Jake is subjected to the advances of an older woman. I just don't understand. Are there other, wait, there are other episodes? Yeah, well, Darba, is there Darba Girl? Yeah. All oh, the Darba Girls. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Why the Darba Girl? And she's 20. <laughs> That's insane. That's it's absolutely. There's no, no reason for it. There's like, there's no reason. No, there's no it's reason. It's not like she's an alien species. There's nothing <laughs> slightly justifying it. It's just, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I didn't get it either. And, yeah. and, and, the, and the way she comes onto him, my goodness, with the way, things she said that comes out of her mouth. Like, why God? You can't say that. It's like, oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, this is such <laughs> a baffling. We, have, we talked about the introduction earlier, but it's just like, Jake spying on people getting off, and you know, you get like a bolian and a toupee, which is an inherently hilarious concept. Yeah. And then. That's quite a good concept. That's quite good, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then Frank. you get. Yeah. Frank, it's a nice bit. And then you get like, Alexander Troy just walks in and Nodo's <laughs> like, I'm pregnant. And he's just like, <laughs> great. Oh, gosh. It's such a bombshell. What? And Odo's face is classic. <laughs> this is like, what, what do I do now? Was it me what somehow? because <laughs> oh, um yeah that it's like oh so i married this dude and basically when the children are born the um they separated and they're not allowed to know that the other sex exists till they're 16 which my right, reaction yeah. was like oh i see this planet is england <laughs> oh i see every i see this planet they send all their children to eat them yeah, right there. And men are boys are raised by men, and girls raised by women as well. The planet, so they can't see each other or be raised by um, the other yeah. sex as well. Deeply it's upset just like women that have to meet those men. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine at 16 having to meet those guys. Oh god, they're either assholes 
But uh, and it's like it's just a sham. It's a really strange scene where she's just like, "Yeah, my marriage was a sham, and he's just using me." But also, like, what is he using you for, Luxana? Is it like political, or just because he's having <laughs> a baby? Or okay, whatever. Well, now you're here with Odo, your old friend Odo, who is sort of over you, sort of not. It's complicated. We he's keep coming not- between. The- well, I mean, maybe he doesn't want a romantic relationship, which I thought he did, but everything else seems to point towards the fact that he doesn't. But to me, no, I, I don't like think he did me. personally. I think he, <laughs> uh, he 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 liked her, but not in that way. But she obviously loved him. She wanted to be with him. That's yeah, what it, he kind of comes across maybe perhaps like on the asexual spectrum. It just but just in this episode, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Go for that. Because I know that changes. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, that changes. <laughs> <laughs> flashing through my mind. <laughs> we keep cutting between this like fast comedy and then like Jake getting groomed by the crazy lady who's just like, um, she's got a weird forehead, which is always a bad start. <laughs> oh, like, when you've got a weird, like, lumpy forehead and she's just like, oh, you know, I helped this famous person do all their great things. And Jake's reaction to finding out that all these you know, great people who die young is always, you knew them, not hang on. Yeah, why are they all dead? Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, uh-huh. The thing she says, I mean, I find artists have a weakness for me as well. There are ways, <laughs> exercises, techniques, come to my quarters tonight. I thought, what oh, the hell is this? <laughs> I need the authorities. Like, there has to be Charles. Oh, no. Where's Jake reaches, it's like somebody at the table next to them reaches for, like, a non-salam under the table. It's, like, <laughs> it's not there. Why did they remove it? <laughs> oh, my, my word. I was, like, cringing so much. I couldn't I could bear to watch. And, it's just, and, it just gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. It does get worse. And when, she, when he gets to the quarters, all the candles, all dark and curtains everywhere. It's like yeah, it looks like a tomb. It looks like a, 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 just a <laughs> it's like a tomb or a horrifying or, setting. But it's like the bit. There's like there's a nice bit where he's like, I don't want to go on this trip with you, Dad. And and Ben's just like, Cisco's just like, mm, okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he's not keen it, but I, you know, I was too busy paying attention to the wonderful waistcoat. <laughs> oh, I did see you post that waistcoat. It was beautiful. Oh. You know, it look, it, it's basically a, a sofa from the 1990s, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Oh, I, there's a bit where we cut back to like Luxada in Quarks talking about it, and like oh, Kira yeah. and Dax just looking at her, like a wolf staring into space. <laughs> like, oh. For a second, I thought it was just like a doll, like they like like mannequin of walking, just sort of sta- unblinking, staring into space. Yeah, she made them all depressed, which wasn't clear at first. I was like, "Are they okay? Is this them?" Like they were Hello. in the hollow, the hot like they exactly the, the costume. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, "Oh, is this not them?" <laughs> and and how good is Quark? Quark says to Oda, "Either cheer up or get up, get up to leave, because if you don't, I'm going to throw her out." It's just so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the vibes at Quark. <laughs> I love that just how jaded a wolf must be because, like, he was—he had to do with Roxana on the Enterprise, oh, and now yeah. she's back. And he's just like rocking slowly back and forth. That's a great line. When um, Quark, she flirt with him. She yeah, flirt with everyone. He should flirt with everyone. She she could help herself. She, she did, yeah. She, <laughs> uh, and 
And when Oda goes to Luxwari at court and says, I've got some free time. If you want to, if you've got to go for a walk with me, let's go for a walk. And Wolf said, I would. That was so funny. I thought, oh gosh, Wolf. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's one of those little seasons is great because it's just like Wolf just broken. He's just been physically broken. He's just he <laughs> like Zax just goes and has a straight face moment where she's like, I'm so depressed. I'm so and depressed. From that scene. Just cut, it's such a weird cut. Oh, yeah. I'm so depressed. From there to like Odo's quarters and his BDS, it's shape-shifting BDSM rack. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. What is that? It's like, I, I never quite figure out what it is. Like, it's like a kind of a sculpture in a way, isn't it? Like, shape shifting. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It sounds suspicious of India. <laughs> yeah, I'm suspicious of what that was. She was like, is it for shape shifting or? And then I found it. He seems to like, act, he seems to suggest that everyone who sees his quarters thinks it's some sort of modern art piece. Like he just has an empty room with a sculpture. But anyway. That's, that's kind of weird. Because um, then, then they play like hide and seek. Yeah, they do. He, he shapes gifts into different objects and she has to try to find and figure out where's Odo. And he, and, and, and he becomes like a part of the service and, and looks well, I couldn't tell what it was. And he had quite fun actually. Odo, he enjoyed himself actually. He seems like probably smiling and Really enjoying it as well. Yeah, it's really cute. Gross. You, you, Olivia! Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just disgusting. It's just becoming a various city. Okay, no. I just, it's when you see him turn from jelly to an object. It's just very repulsive to me. This Haribo oh, man. <laughs> like when he, made it, when he became a blanket to cover Luxwana when he was, fell asleep in the, on the Yeah, Wait, that's a really strange scene. That like, um, like she just sort of lies on him and falls asleep. And Odo's like, oh, you just came in here because you were lonely and needed. And yeah. she's like, yeah. And then he turns into a. It's. It's one of the problems with Odo and this episode, which is that it's really soft and cute, but it's also Odo, so it's kind of like, uh. I love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to see Odo be soft and cute, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't think don't he think deserves, he... okay, I don't know. Oh, Olivia, why does Odo not deserve it? He was a fascist. See, or he wants a fascist, always fascist. I don't know. He was not a good guy to me. And he doesn't deserve Kira because he still could have made his mind up when he had her. I just don't think he was invested in the family of DS9. Mm. I don't know. I'll see where he came from, Olivia. But for me, Odo's very special to me. I love Odo, personally. Yeah, yeah he really, he's, he's, I think he's a great character. And um, he struggled with, you know, leaving his people and then falling in love obviously with Kira and all the things he went through. I, I like I like Odo basically, but then in the end, he, where he has to go back to his people and at the end leave Kira. So mm -hmm. I see where you're coming from, Olivia. But for me, Odo's like very. He couldn't wait. He was like, finally, I, I, like, I want to be with the goo. I think the problem <laughs> with Odo is that there's like there were sort of two ways he writers wrote him. Like the writers were like, we're going to make him soft and sympathetic, and then there were people who were like. Fascist cop, fascist cop, fascist cop. <laughs> and they didn't really decide which way they wanted to go on it. Even like they need to the pick end. one. Because like <laughs> you either like make more you, you either emphasize that this man is morally ambiguous, in which case you don't make him soft. 
Or you make yourself, because you don't have, a, have him go like once every 10 episodes. Oh, I broke the law to get this done. That's only which... violated a few human rights. <laughs> only, only the dull ones. Yeah. It, I don't know, it's like, it's still strange going from soft Odo to <laughs> crazy candle lady catching him up alone. She's like, have you never been alone at the woman's quarters? How oh old is Jake God. in this episode? Oh, dear, is, oh, dear. He must be, what, 16? Is he still 16? I don't know. I don't think 16 yet. I don't think he was 16 yet. I think it's 14, oh. 15, maybe. It makes it even worse, you know? It's like... Okay, oh. hold on. He it's is... horrible. In this episode, 20... Hold on. He's 17. Or okay. 16. Still okay, so bad. So it's, so it's again the same era where they're subjecting him to this trauma, basically. Um, it's bad either way, yeah. And I just, it feels like the writers knew what they were doing at this point. Like sometimes it's like, oh, they're so oblivious to the mistakes they're making. When she's making these comments, have you been alone in a woman's quarters? And it's just clearly an uncomfortable situation. It's proper. It just make you seem a bit nervous, Jake. He says maybe a little. <laughs> we should be nervous when we try start, like, get... start something new. <laughs> but maybe not this I nervous. Just, just like, get those thoughts out of your mind about like and, it could oh, be something dear, else. And when she's behind him, my God, I'm not proper cringeworthy then. And the way the, pro, she gets properly aroused behind him, does she probably get aroused behind him? Proper, like proper, like yeah. Dear, dear. It's like just touching him up <laughs> and making him right. <laughs> oh, wow. And she speaks she so seductively as well, the way she speaks to him. Yeah, it's just gross. It's oh, like... The way she's it's proper gross. It's not like a woman speaking to him, it's like proper seductive voice, wasn't it? It's just speaking to him as well. Yeah. It's like, wow, what, what are you doing, lady? And the way she strokes the back of his neck and... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cursed. It's oh, cursed. no. It's what are they thinking? Proper... And she says, like, I wrote down, you feel where my thumbs are? <laughs> <laughs> Why do they... Ooh. Well, I know it's who. never clear. I what... know who. <laughs> well, we all know who to blame. Oh, yeah. uh, you know who, okay. So if it's not the person I think it is, then I'll be surprised. Anyway, um, I, even till the end, it's not clear what this power exchange is doing for... I guess it sustains her in some way, but it does seem like it's... Arousal, which just proper. It looks like proper sexual arousal. Does she look proper, properly aroused sexually? It looks yeah. like that's what it looks to me. Also, Sarah had to actually record, like, <laughs> like this had to happen to him. Like, it's is... poor Jake, and obviously he's just young. He's, he's, he's probably manipulated by it, obviously, you know. And he wants to be a writer, find someone mm -hmm. with a proper thinks he's going to guide him in a way. But it's just the thing she says as well, with, along with her actions. It's like wow, proper cringeworthy. It's um. Yeah, I don't know how they wrote this and didn't think, are we not sending a strange message about grooming? Do you know who wrote this episode? Rene Echeverria and Majel Barrett wrote it. to wrote the episode. Yeah, they did. This is written by Rene Echeverria and Majel Barrett. Oh, no, it's like... These, what? These... <laughs> <laughs> she wrote well, my life. <laughs> well, it's like the... The Majel Barrett thing is because the original pitch was that she was like, I want to come back and do one where I'm pre where I come back to Odo and say that I'm pregnant and the baby might be his. Okay. That's probably her side. Yeah, that's her. The, the wacky Odo Luxana stuff is Majel Barrett Roddenberry. The Jake stuff, if I remember correctly, 
comes because they the B the original B um B plot wasn't cool enough. So they were like, let's do something different. They were padding it out. This the, the, the <coughs> thing that you remember from this, the horrifying grooming stuff that goes on too long, was them oh. padding it out. But then that became the main focus. Oh dear, it did. Uh, it's, uh, I know how to stimulate them to make you feel restful or energized or even creative. Yes, that's oh. it. Let it flow. I mean, what kind mm. of words are these to say to a like a young boy? It's like why can this? And then she like she's like, no, you need to write with a pen so it flows well. And it's like Jake has really nice handwriting for somebody who barely recognised his pen when it was put I'm in front of him. I'm gonna say that I really liked his handwriting. That's really good handwriting. If he was Jake, what's Jake's hand? Must must have been. Yeah, because like it, like he he's unfamiliar with the concept of a pen when it's put in front of him. So like. How how is he chill with this? We can never escape cursive, even in the future. That's what we learned from this. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is so we have we come to the part where the husband has arrived on the station. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, Odo's abusing his powers even here to just detain some guy. I mean, is there really <laughs> authority for this? Is it like a personal favor? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he, it, 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 this part is just so rapid, the conclusion that he comes to that he has to marry her uh, just to escape this legal, this legal, um, I guess, duty. Yeah. In, I don't know what their law is called. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Tavnian wedding, so yeah. So yeah. It, yeah, apparently the, the 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 baby is considered to be the property of the mother's husband. So whoever the mother's husband is, is going to be is, the baby will be theirs, even if it's not the That's child's father. Convoluted. <laughs> exactly. We'll, fig we'll figure that out. Yeah, I, I get I get the feeling that that sort of law doesn't work if there's anything but heterosexual relationships. <laughs> Well, that like was I, clear from the beginning when they had this binary system so yeah, heavily true. enforced. <laughs> um, but it's like, I just love the bit where Oda's like, don't worry, he won't be married to you in a couple of weeks. And it's like, you're going to marry me? Yes, that's correct. Did you do any research on the marriage ceremony? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> when he has to convince everyone that he actually does love her, he goes, what, really? You're not going to convince everyone that actually didn't... It's a, I, I thought I could just read a criminal activity report to you. Be, that'll be fine, but no, it's not simple as that. You got to probably you got to like convince him. <laughs> yeah, that, that convincing part wasn't even legally necessary. I mean, he was, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, it's just it very strange. It was very strange. It did. And uh, when Oda comes in, all dressed up in, the, in his wedding gown, that was so funny. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love that medical he... scrubs. <laughs> Uh, my favourite part of that is, is like, dumb little um, O'Brien and Bashir being like, what is going on here? Like, were they just working and they got a call being like, you need to come to a wedding in 10 minutes? Because they're not even in, like, formal uniform. It's oh. like, come upstairs, you're officiate, you're witnessing a wedding. It's like, okay, fine. That's absolutely how I imagined it. The vibes, yeah. everyone's mildly confused, but they're going along with it. No, the best part is when um, Oda's like, you know, I want to take this woman as my property. And O'Brien just looks at everyone like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, O'Brien is the only one who reacts to Oda taking his property. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's why I love O'Brien, because he's the only person who actually seems to realise how fucking mental this is, everything is. But in this moment, he's like, what oh. the shit is happening? And no what one else reacts. What is going on here? Dear, oh dear. Oh, 
And he wasn't, he, he wasn't convincing at all. Like, <laughs> then he goes, obviously, so that for the first time in life, someone wanted to be as I was and changed me forever. He, he just changed his, his way of speaking. And, and it was actually, it was a bit convincing. He, he, Troy would totally believe him that he actually, actually wanted to marry her. Well, that was the thing is, I saw that as actually that was the that was genuine. That Erdo actually thought about how he had changed her, and I think this leads back a bit on the thing you're talking about him being ace earlier, Olivia, mm-hmm. in the sense that he how he describes her is very much about how Luxana taught him to be a different person, not how much she he means to her. It's more like because of you, I got to be me. I learned what it meant to be me. I learned how it meant to feel being me. Yeah. And that's interesting. I think that was a really nice <laughs> scene because it meant he meant it. And I think it, and it's nice because you can sort of tell that Odo didn't need to say that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, here we fucking go. But then that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I do agree that it was genuine. I feel like there's like, there could be like some tragedy, depending on how you look at it, that maybe he was sort of exploring that, spurred him on exploring that journey his sexuality and then they never lined up correctly so he never had that relationship with um Luxana. but maybe it could have happened it's a process i don't know it's better than kira a better match than kira as well i'm just trying to get him away from kira <laughs> by any means possible you know what you know what kira and nero do with kira what right away right away uh, <laughs> she was she was with shakar at the time anyway during this episode she was with shakar involved shakar well shakar is the dullest human being created <laughs> He's a great, which probably makes him a very good politician um, and a very good prime minister because he's exceptionally <laughs> dull and will never get involved in any scandal whatsoever. But Kira, come on, come on. She, you, Kira, you have bad taste in men. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's not you; it's the writers, but it's Kira. <laughs> Were any of them impressive? Just date Dax, you know what? Um, and then we go back to um, the creepy woman. It's just so jarring. And Jake is now having nosebleeds, which is great. Oh. Um, she, she, she sends him away, so, you know, they come back later. Uh, and then he said that, are you going to come back, though? She said, he said, of course, I, I need you. He whispered to her, I need you. Of course I'm yeah, coming back. I hate, oh, I, God, I hate that that dependency is established so um, quickly. But it's like, I mean, I have a note here is that he's Hemingway himself to death. Because he just won't stop writing. <laughs> That's all I can, it's a, such a strange... <sighs> it's unclear why it has such a hold on him. Is it just the thrill of writing? It's like, finally, no more. No more, um, you know, was it writing block, writer's block? Is it that intoxicating to him? I mean, as somebody who deals with a lot of writer's block, when it, when you get into a mood where it just flows, you, it is addictive, just getting what it is. You would die for it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Listen, there was a reason that Hemingway lived on like a bottle of scotch a day and two, three packs of cigarettes because it got him to write. Oh, <laughs> and he just, he just drained him, yes. But he wrote and wrote and wrote and it worked. Mm. But it's just such a strange way to analogize like writers with this sort of strange grooming thing. Is this a really bizarre thing? Yeah. So, like, every writer's a tortured genius that was. 
<laughs> manipulated by this weird alien sex lady. <laughs> she basically did all the greats. History is ruined did. now. <laughs> And ended up killing them all as well in the process as well. Yeah. Does that mean yeah. that? Well, it's like they all die young. Does that mean that she did this to Kurt Cobain? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> the imagery. Yeah. Oh gosh. Anyway, it's, it's a, just it's a really strange episode. A really strange episode for Dear Slime. So we actually sort of jumped around, but the, the, in the marriage ceremony, the husband is weirdly fine with just letting her go. Like, it doesn't take that long. He's like, right, fair game. You, you said your two minute, two minute speech. Um, you are my most treasured possession. Bye. That's a, good, that's a good point, really. That's a really good point. And it's, it's his son. It's his son's at stake here. You know? He wants his son back. You know? And he, he did pretty give up pretty easily in a way. He did. Um, but, uh, but he has the audacity to say, speak well of me to the son. <laughs> you abandoned him and you were going to like man you know, manipulate his wife against her wishes, ignore her wishes. Of course not. How dare you? You get nothing and you'll like it. Do you recognize his voice? He was, on the, he was in the other episode with the three, with Dax, where they go with the three Klingons. He's Captain Kang. Is it Kang? No. From Day of the Dove in the original series, and then Bloodos, and then he's yeah, in Black Flash. That's it, Bloodos, yeah. Yeah, when, he goes, um, when they go after the albino. Yeah, and he's in the original series. He's the one who they get for Earth fight with swords at the Enterprise and the Klingons. He's he a Klingon is captain. The brown face Klingon. Yeah, well, he's from. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's another one of those complicated stages where, like, oh, yeah, they browned him up. And uh. it was, um, yeah, <laughs> that's TOS. Like yeah, a little jingle very... there. <laughs> uh. So he was in TOS as well. I didn't know that, but he was in the DS9 episode, Blood Oath, yes. Okay. When he goes to get when he goes with Dax and and Core comes along as well. Yeah, he's also in um, Babylon 5. Really? Wow. He's the um he's the Technomage in season two, I think. You know, there's the one where um there's the Technomages and they come and Londo tries to get them to develop prophecy and they use all the magic on him. Are you familiar, Olivia? I haven't seen it, no. Uh, Babylon, <laughs> yeah, but he said on Babylon 5. Well, like, there's a lot of Star Trek people on Babylon 5. Imagine Barrett was on Babylon 5 once. Traitor. No. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Is this the, so now we, we come to the final, <clears throat> the conclusion of this. She's stolen him again, and she's caressing him. It's even worse somehow. It's more oh. of a violation. Um... Wait, have we addressed the fact that he collapsed in sick bay first? I don't think we spoke about that yet. No, he collapsed no, no, in yeah. the reptile man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very strange scene. After leaving her quarters, when she says to go, go, go come back later, he goes to the, he will collapse in the reptile man. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, gets, gets taken to Julian. Yeah, and um, oh. then then Cisco realizes what's happened. Some kind of manipulation of the brain somehow, something like that. You yeah. know, some kind of. And um, yeah. yeah. His brain's an overdrive, so he might die. It's quite serious damage done to him at a young age. And then obviously then she appears from, from nowhere and knocks the nurse out and then takes him away to some place in the station and carries on where she left off from before, really. It's just such a strange scene of them like sitting in like a Jeffrey's tube called doing <laughs> writing furiously and feverishly. Oh, no. Well, it's just goes like, What the fuck have you done to my son? <laughs> 
she's like, I it it. that the, the reason the process is so fast for him like he's going to die after like two days yes because he's so young that's just it because it yeah. still seems far it's even more nonsense it gets even more nonsense by the minute <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you know, I just realized that what nonce is not, as I've discovered on several occasions, nonce is not in a word that translates for Americans. They don't know what it means. Americans, um, keep up. Keep up. If you haven't figured out from the context what nonce means, nonce. Oh. I'm just looking up an urban dictionary because it's. Um, it's the urban dictionary will have some wild, just unrecognizable is, definition. This is some textbook noncery here, to use yeah. a phrase. And she's so proud of herself at the end with Siska's like, who are you? It's like, you know, I made all these great poets. You know, I made... She was proper, proper proud. Yeah, you're right, John. Really I was. made Keats happen. It's like, <laughs> that's not an excuse. <laughs> I've unlocked that potential. He was the youngest I found. He even says he was the youngest I found. Oh. Oh. Dear, that's... oh dear. It's, because her, well, her entire justification is the fact that she made them immortal. Um, through, the, through their names just being remembered. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't really seem like a great trade-off still. No, Were they all that ambitious? To... <laughs> I mean... And how is she going to make, make Jake immortal? What was Jake going to do? Release novels like that? And, and, yeah, release one novel and die? It, it and didn't even make sense, really. He was like, going to exactly. die and was the book going to be finished in like 30 <laughs> minutes? I don't it's, know. It's, well, it's like, you know, there are some people who do get immortalized by writing great novels and then dying immediately, but like. Like, two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And they don't even kill her at the end. She just goes to do it again. I <laughs> hate like, it. I oh, hate it. I was like, no way. You can't get away with that. You're just going to let her leave? Come on, such a, guys. Such a cop out. It's like, come on, give us a break here. This just, just dissolves and just leaves the station like a. Just like that. Yeah, it's a very thin... CMD style disperses into like a ball of light and flies yeah. away. And just goes into warp herself. Off she, off she goes, off she goes by herself. Nice. And then she, she, we get the final resolution where it's like, Odo is sad because Odo's <laughs> like, Odo, oh, no, I don't want you to go. And like, Alexander's like, well, listen, I could stay, I could stay here and make you love me. And I really feel like Oda's like, but I do love you, but I can't tell you because I don't know how to express it. Yeah, it, it feels like he does. I don't know. I feel like he did, does have romantic feelings, but he doesn't really. I don't know. I, I, I think he, I, the way I see it personally, from my point of view, I think he cares about her, but he doesn't love her. He cares about her. He likes her. But that actual love he doesn't have for her, I don't think he has. Well, it's quite clear that Oda doesn't really understand the concept of love. And he only really Good gets taught it by Vic Fontaine, of all people. Because, <laughs> you know, if you if you can't learn it from 20 years around solids, you can learn it from a hologram from the 1960s. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's how you got Kira in the end, with Vic <laughs> yeah. he, he was learning about humanity and, you know, his feelings still, he was repressed. He spent so long being a fascist, a cold hard fascist. <laughs> <laughs> How can we blame him? Um, we just, we just, we just, we're just not going to get away from that, are we, Olivia? You use a no, we're not. We're not leaving. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Rafi. <laughs> that's okay. That's um, okay. I respect how you feel, Olivia. It's fine. Uh, we'll call it different opinions how we feel about characters and stuff. It's fine. It's great. Yeah, it's allowed. You know, some of us like Odo, some of us want him to hang from the highest yard up. <laughs> it's allowed. <laughs> but it's, 
it's an interesting ending because it's like it's very bittersweet, but also doesn't feel particularly earned. Not a lot about this episode feels earned. No, you're right. It just well, it... it leaves a funny feeling at the end. Actually, at the end, it's like, what did I just watch? And it's not something I'm going to go watch again. I want to watch again. Oh, it leaves lives long in the memory. You're just trying to like put it at the back of your mind. You know the episode's there, but you don't really think about it that often, really. It's you just, like you just forget it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's anti. It's anticlimactic, and it just has this weird. You already have this strange storyline where there's a, someone grooming a young a child, and then she gets away with it, and then it's the end. Well, well the end is kind of like with? um, it's like oh, you know, did it? Is it really my book? And uh, Ben Cisco's just like, well, yeah, because you wrote it. They're your yeah. ideas. It's just that you know. It's covered within you. It ends with a copyright litigation. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything can end in copyright, Olivia. Good one, Olivia. Well, uh, I don't know. But, uh, it's, Why? I mean, I. it's an all right ending because it's kind of like, well, you know what, Jake, don't act like you don't have talent because you wrote this and it was good. Mm-hmm. Let's give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. He must live. He must live by Jake Cisco, doesn't he? he must live by yeah, because it's Anselm, which is the book from the Visitor. Okay, yes, I saw this. Um... It's the book that he wrote in the Visitor, which then made me sad because then I remembered the Visitor. Okay. You know, like I remembered the Visitor existed, and I remember how the Visitor made me feel, but it made me sad. That, that was a very emotional episode of the Visitor. Olivia was doing a face. Olivia, what face are you doing? Olivia, I can't see Olivia right now. If I say <laughs> something, you're actually going to kill me. The ghost, say, say Phil. Say it. Just say it. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, no way. Oh, Olivia. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. No, no, I, no, just, I know we are recording, <laughs> and this will go into the podcast because I am editing this. I am just going to tweet <laughs> now. <laughs> no, 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 let me explain. No. Oh my god! Okay, Olivia, I, I didn't, okay, so basically, when it when it came up in my DS9 watch, I I watched like the first few minutes. I knew it was sad, and I wasn't in the mood to be sad, and I skipped it, and I never went back. Oh my god! <laughs> I am <laughs> tweeting it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Olivia has not seen the visitor. Olivia has not seen the visitor. And I oh knew it was going to come up when I saw that final scene. I was like. I'm just going to see what happens when I reveal this information. You know what? I have been bullied for so many things. <laughs> yeah, I've been bullied by... I I was going to watch um, Battlestar Galactica after this, but I feel like you're all going to bully me into watching the business. You have bullied you have to got, watch it. You have got Maddie Sider, <laughs> my own parents, and Al Murray to bully me. In the last month. I didn't even bring it up. You <laughs> don't defend yourself. You haven't watched the visitor. <laughs> I am you got actually no, about you to got no defense, Olivia. No defense. No defense. Oh my gosh. This is oh wow. This is there is no that's a bombshell, That's a that's a bombshell. I am <laughs> I am quitting Star Trek. I am quitting <laughs> I quit Star Trek. I have been we've been bamboozled and we have been betrayed. <laughs> Um, I'm just gonna... How? <laughs> I just can't believe it. I'm shocked. I'm really shocked to live here. Next week, this podcast will be brought to you by me, John, and our, and our new host, Terry. 
I'm replacing you with Terry Olivia. <laughs> no, that, that's going to be some. No, can't, can't do that to Olivia. Can't do that to Olivia. That's true. I think that um, might be too harsh, even for Prime. Less serious. Got me. Um, I'm, I'm so upset. I'm just upset. I'm just looking now. at the tweet and I'm just. <laughs> I'm just going to screenshot because both of our tweets came up together. Like, I just tweeted about to be cancelled and then you have to stand directly beneath it. <laughs> you know, uh, I hope that, like, because this is going to be a thing now, and I hope that in the like week and a half between this recording and it going up, people forget so they get reminded. Oh God! Of your crimes. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to survive this one, honestly. That's sort of fear. I mean, there's a distinct possibility that between recording and now, you'll have watched it. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be forced to watch it today because yeah. I'll, I'll start like I'm pretty much like an actor and the neutral party here. I'm so sorry. I'd like to apologise to the listeners. I'd like to apologise to my family. Oh. Anyway, well, that's the episode. Should <laughs> we do some trivia? Yeah, let's do the trivia if we've all so, recovered. The original title of this episode was Playing House. Before the Onaya, the groomer, plot became the A story. The original idea for this episode came from Major Barrett Roddenberry, who pitched an idea that Loxana becomes pregnant and claims the baby is Odo's. This led Rene Echevarria to write an episode with four primary plot lines all focusing on couples, Rom and Lita, Cisco and Cassidy, Brian and Keiko, and Oda and Luxana. However, nobody was happy with the concept. According to Burr, the script meeting for a standard episode usually lasted two days, three if there are problems. The script meeting for the Muse lasted six days. The longest script meeting in the entire seven-year oh, run of oh, Deep no Space way. Nine. It's even more of a disgrace. It's even more of a disgrace. You had, you had almost a week to figure this out. <sighs> we had low expectations, but not this. So, because it wasn't working out, they padded it out with this B story. And in the they wanted to do something with Jake's creativity since the visitor had gone down so well. So Ron Moore suggested that Maybe Jake came involved with a woman who inspired the writing. It would fit the whole world design of the episode. That idea ultimately evolved into him getting involved with a much older woman who is interested in him only because he is a writer. Oh, God. That in turn involved the character of Anaya. The plan for romances was Gistra 2. And then the Oda Luxana A story was switched to the Jake Anaya B story. So the episode became more about Jake than Luxana, hence the change in title. Uh, I just—it was a mistake. Everything was a mistake. Everything about <laughs> this was a mistake. The producers thought so as well. According to Ron Moore, the notion of this exotic, beautiful older woman who comes to you and gets excited by watching you write is the <sighs> most ridiculous idea. Only a writer would come up with that. Think of it. You're all sitting there writing, and she's just entrapped. We watched that scene in, da- in the dailies, and we thought, "Are we insane? What are we doing?" How do we get here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just love to imagine like all the writers sitting in a room watching the shots and being like, how do we do this? How do we get to here in season three? <laughs> it's just like, this is season seven of TNG bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's the level of crap we're dealing with. 
Well, no, let's not compare this to the, no. know, the beauty of Mars. No, 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 no. You no. brought it up. No. no, we will have no Mars. It's been two weeks. Drop it. It's just so strong in my mind. But anyway, um, yeah, there's no, as I say, DS9, I just expect better from you. You are a higher caliber of Trek. Absolutely. Berman was sort of there, but he wasn't there all the time. So you had that opportunity to shine <laughs> in his absence. Um, the Muse, it wasn't popular with the crew either. Director David Livingston confessed, I think it's one of my poorer efforts. I let the material down because I just didn't know what to do with it. Similarly, Ira Stephen Burr admitted the script had problems. And Ron Moore also said, we always start with good ideas. And there's always a reason why we try something, but they just don't always come out right. Rene Echevarra simply said, I had no feelings for either story. You know, sometimes on this podcast, we do episodes where they put so much invested into it, they overthink it, or they just think they have it, and they fuck it up, or it's just wrong. <laughs> you know, you end up with your Omega glory, or your um, profit and lace, where it's just, the, bay, the, the start was so bad, it just kept getting worse. But the thing about this is that if they all knew it was shit, and they didn't know what to do with it, and they tried so hard, it just, they just have to... The garbage will do. <laughs> to quote another science fiction franchise. <laughs> well, I... I believe they, they sort of do this a lot in Trek. It's just this time they admitted it. <laughs> I well, I think it's, it's very it's much like... Villains. It's very much another reminder that this is, in fact, just a job for these people. So... They, you know, sometimes you have a shit day on the job. I think that's, that's kind of it. I thought the Star Trek writers were heroes. I thought they were supernatural beings of wisdom. <laughs> I thought they were on omnipotent. Until this episode. <laughs> <laughs> until this episode. Until this day. It's, it's, and it's like it's such a other bittersweet moment because it's um Major Barrett's last appearance on Star Trek. Was it? Oh. Uh, was it really okay? Yeah, it's the last time she appears on Star Trek at all. Which is yeah, it's a shame. And of course, as we said, this is the other appearance of Kang from of um, Michael Ansara who played Kang. You know, he's, it's always last week because he turns up in Voyager flashback as Kang. That's a, that is a good episode of Voyager. It is, yeah, it is. That's a loud that? movie, yeah. Have I seen, when is that episode of Voyager? Uh, season three. Oh. It's the one with George Takai. <laughs> Do you remember the oh. one with George Takai? You know, uh, my oh, I remember that happening, but my Voyager watching is so sporadic that I don't <laughs> remember if Charity why that happens. <laughs> I'm Ooh. sorry, Voyager. I really, really, I'm so sorry. <sighs> I love Voyager too. Voyager's my second favorite after DS9. Voyager's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We get yeah. lots of different opinions. I think Voyager is when we get the biggest variation of opinions on because, especially if somebody's listening to this binge listening. Because the last episode we did with John, right? Yeah, that was confusing. Anyway, the last <laughs> episode we did with John, we did worst case scenario, and John does not like Voyager. Oh wow! John okay. has a bad relationship with Voyager. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> so it's interesting sort of variations you get on um, 
Voyage, Penny's the Voyage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird. But yeah. Why do you like Voyager? Why do you not like Voyager? So out of curiosity. John. Oh, uh, well, I think it was just that it was. Um, well, I can't. The characters? I think he just didn't engage with it. He hate what. I recommend listening to it when it comes out because I can't sum it up and I can't remember. Okay. It's been a busy week. Okay, yeah, I, I know he has. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I think, what was it? He just said that it was, no, I can't. Because all I, right, I remember we, is the DS9. We just, we just didn't connect to it for whatever reason. That's fine. It just happens, you know? We, yeah. we don't look all like the same series. We've got our own preferences. It happens. It's fine. I think he sort of regarded it as a missed opportunity, just in terms of what Trek could do. Yeah. Okay. Um, but... No. Fair enough. Also, I this is probably off topic and probably should be cut, but I don't understand how Battlestar Galactica is supposed to be Voyage. I know it's the same guy who's behind it. Well, you've only watched the second episode. You haven't that. finished the mini series. Okay. You haven't finished. Once you get into the main show, you'll see what I mean. Okay. It just seems like that's not Trek. It's just another great sci-fi. But I'm I'm early. I'm in the early stage. Well, it's less than it's like Voyage. It's more like the sort of things Voyager thought said it was going to do in Caretaker. Should have ended up like Battlestar Galactica, but Boy should have decided not to do them. Yeah. I've not I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, so I look forward to hearing what Olivia thinks, and I might start watching it as well. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Battlestar Galactica yet. I recommend. I it's quite. I hear it's quite good. A lot of people speak highly of it. So it's a very it's different maybe, kind of show, but it's very. Different. It's maybe. I'm maybe quite curious about it. No, I didn't realize it was feature length episode. It's feature film length episode. Oh, they dropped a four. They dropped an hour long in the main show. Don't worry. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, the the third episode, which was thirty three, was an hour, yeah. Because that's there's a mini series. They did a mini series, which was like a TV movie, yeah. And then they got a normal season of TV from HBO after, or sci fi. I mean, okay. I don't know. Anyway, okay, I'm gonna. Bad. I have a I have a nice one last piece of fiction of um, trivia, but that's only for my enjoyment, which is um, <laughs> the book that Jake is reading when his dad when Sitko comes in the room. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to. It's, um, he's reading a Horatio Hornblower novel. Really? Which is what he was also reading in The Visitor. <laughs> wow. That's like, you know, I love because I love Hornblower, but it's also one of those like, little, nice little nods to like how Star Trek starts and this like Horatio Hornblower in space. I just can't even think about The Visitor. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, don't have to think about it if you'd watched it. Huh? Exactly, Olivia. <laughs> Oh wow! You know, I'm still shocked. I'm still, I'm still can't think of something about that. It's just in my mind, back of my mind. I have to fix it like today. <laughs> Please fix it and tweet about it as well. You're watching it or let us know tomorrow what you think of it. It was going to be Battlestar Galactica, but I'm going to have to switch. But anyway. This is important, Olivia. You can't just and, not and, and have some tissues nearby. It is emotional. Yeah, you will need some tissues. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll be sad and good. Well, in a it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I'll beautiful. watch it with you. You know what we let's is do a that... Netflix watch party and we I'll watch it with you. Oh, Today or in time. So no, we'll do it now. We'll do it now. <laughs> I will go and get some I'll go get another wheel of brie from the fridge and we'll eat it together. It's like I'll the same it. reason I haven't watched the documentary. I can't do it. I need to just Oh, uh, you haven't seen the DSL documentary. The end yet. Oh my no, god, no, because I don't want it to end properly. Oh bless mm. you. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I took me ages to watch the last 10 episodes of DS9 because I didn't want it to end. And then oh, one day I did it, and then I was just like, oh, so why do I feel so empty? <sighs> oh, should dear, and, I did. <laughs> should we try I mean, and organize I'm... a visitor watch party then, a Netflix party? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I will, you know, yeah, I will anyway. say now, as a warning, Back if you are listening to this podcast, 
when it comes out. The watch party has probably already happened. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. Be warned. <laughs> you know, we'll put a thing up on the... You know, why am I even saying what we're going to do? Because it's, it's what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when we record early, like sensible people. Yeah. We can't do anything timely. <laughs> well, no. well, this episode we remember for the bombshell from Olivia. So the- you were leaving that. That's not that thing. Just- Obviously, it, yeah. it can't be removed. No, it's, a, it's part oh. of the fabric of the podcast. I knew now. it would come out one day. Okay. And I'm glad I was part, I'm glad was part of it, Olivia. I feel special now. I feel you know, we're going to find something else weird out. Like, Olivia's <laughs> never actually seen Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> she just reads the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I just watch the trailers and guess. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. That's a way to enjoy television. That's how I'd have enjoyed this one, actually, at the end of the day. I think, yeah, this, that's how I'd have preferred to have watched this. Just read the Wikipedia, the memory alpha entry for it. Mm, I agree, I'm the same, yeah. It's, yeah, I... I'm not sure whether it's quit enough quittable though, because it's just kind of. Uh... I want to quit it in the sense that I want closure from this therapy session that was this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to be in the past, and I want to close the door. And for that reason, I quit. What about you, Rashid? No, um, I wouldn't quit starting now, basically. But that episode was really, really one of the low points for me from DS9, if I'm honest. As much as I love DS9, but. But do you make me want to quit Star Trek? And I still love Star Trek more than ever, and um, still be deeply special to me now. So no, I will not no be quitting Star Trek. No quitting. I will. I'm. I'm gonna hang on by the threads as well. <laughs> just, just hang on. So yeah, that was um, that was the muse and Olivia's crimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm crying <laughs> because why? Okay. Anyway, so Rashid, you anything to plug? Any you know where can people find you? Yes, people can find me on Twitter at Rashid Uzman82 and come and find me. And um, I love talking about Star Trek. And yep, we good to meet you all. Twitter's the best place to find me on Twitter, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, Twitter's fun. Twitter's, yeah, Twitter's fun. Most of the time. Most of the time. Health warnings apply, obviously. I love Trek Twitter, but we've got a we've got a good bunch of people there. Really good bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. And uh, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at Quit Star Trek Pod. If you want to send us an email, like an old person, you can email us at iquitstartrek at gmail.com. But otherwise, that's us for now. I've been John. I've been Olivia. I've been Rashid. And we'll catch you all next time. <laughs>